0: Thank you for downloading the Walking on Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain? Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic Walking Poles. NordicWalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic Walking Poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. NordicWalk.store will deliver Leckie and Excel polls the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which poll is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised, high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Welcome to series two of the Walking on Air podcast, the podcast for all Nordic walkers, wherever you may be around the world. I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic walking. Each week, I will be discussing various topics with Nordic walkers who are experts in their own particular fields, covering a diverse range of topics, so we can all learn about the benefits of walking in general and Nordic walking in particular, as well as other great tips for well-being and improved health. If you find this podcast beneficial, then I would be extremely grateful if you would consider occasionally making a small donation, the price of a cup of coffee, by clicking on the buy me a coffee link in the show notes. This helps cover the cost of producing these podcasts. Thank you. In today's episode, I discuss the menopause in relation to Nordic walking with Catherine Pestano. Catherine is a qualified Inwa Nordic walking instructor and runs Valley Nordic Walking. She is also a mental health social worker by training and a rebound therapist. Her passion is to help people who, like her, felt nervous about exercise and were unsure if it was for them. For far too long, the menopause has been considered a taboo subject, but fortunately those outdated beliefs are disappearing. So in this episode, we are going to discuss the perimenopause, the menopause, and how Nordic walking can bring multiple benefits to both. Welcome to Walking On Air, Catherine Pestano.
1: Hi, lovely to be here. Thanks for having me along.
0: I'm going to start by asking you how you first got into Nordic walking. There was a period
1: in my late 40s where I began to fall a lot again. And I had a period like that when I was bereaved of my father and when he was terribly ill for a long time. And I think sometimes the body symbolises the difficulties that you're going through. and You know, it's like it can't hold you up. So I had quite a few problems and I I ricked my knee and there's little bits of gristle that start getting caught. And then they do a procedure called a debridement, which is a bit ghastly. And some people recover really quickly from that, but I didn't. And so as part of my rehab from that, I was helped to um, join a council programme for people who were unfit or injured and needing to get into better health. And I think they sent me to healthy walks. And then as part of that, I heard about Nordic walking. And I tried the Nordic walking and they were so friendly and lovely, (laughs) Uh, just run by the council by volunteers. And I was able to do the training at my own pace. And I found it fantastic. And the poles really helped with the knee pain. And as we know it, it takes 30% of the pressure off. And so it was just fantastic. And I'd had lifelong back injury as well. And I found that once I got going with it, it actually helped out because it's supporting the core. And since then, I'm you really, I haven't looked back since my early twenties. I was really quite severely um out of sorts with back pain, sometimes shuffling, walking, you yeah, know it wasn't nice now I'm like I'm really great, a trampoline, I'm a trampoline coach as well as Nordic walking and you know i'm I'm no slim gym I'm sixty was it hundred kilos? I was astonished to find out the other day, but I'm in good back and knee and joint health. I hope it gives people hope because I think that I I don't think of myself as an athlete. My family are people who read and they live the life of the mind, but they're not in the greatest physical health. And I I don't want to be like that.
0: I think we need a balance of both in our lives, the mind and the body. And, And I love hearing about how Nordic walking has helped your back and your knee problems. Are there any other benefits that you have noticed physically or mentally from the time when you first started Nordic walking?
1: Well, I think for me, the full body aspect of it and the fact that it's out in nature is really lovely. The only time, as I'm sure your listeners know, is that the only time we don't do it is if when there's lightning coming. Yeah. But being out in nature, seeing things change, even if you have a very small area to walk in. We have 127 parks in Croydon, which is where I live and work. And some of those are really small. You can move between several different parks. But you can notice them. You can become a part of your locality, which is, I think, really beautiful. And also my partner loves the Lake District. And I find my Nordic poles really helpful because I'm I'm a bit scared of slipping and I don't like um, scree. And yeah, I, I used to go rigid with fear and I find that the poles walking on my forelegs is able to make me feel a lot looser and I again I feel a bit more athletic I'm able to engage with things or try things that I wouldn't do normally so that's a wonderful that feeling of athleticism that comes with it the feeling of the whole body being engaged once you get the hang of the the full 10 stages and you have the the arm toning I have some good biceps and triceps so you wouldn't necessarily expect that if you saw me but actually I'm you know I'm pretty toned that's very good and Under all the fat. <laughs> <laughs> and what aspect of Nordic walking do you find most rewarding as an instructor I really love the fact that I can think of a societal ill and offer Nordic walking to try to address that for different groups of people and I can offer something that's maybe a bit different to what they would find in a group or a municipal free group or a, an organized paid for group because when you have a group that's a general group then you have to have a certain pace there's a kind of expectation a level that people are working at whereas my experience with long-term chronic pain and also with my well-being around menopause which I think we're going to come on to soon is um, it's really important that you can go at your own pace sometimes and then you can develop faster and sometimes that's more easily done one-to-one or
0: with a specialised group. Well as you mentioned Nordic walking has huge benefits for all sorts of different sectors throughout society and the group that we're wanting to talk about today are people who are going through the menopause which as we know is going to affect half the population at some point but for many years it has been overlooked and even been considered a bit of a taboo subject. And um, you have very kindly agreed to come on and talk about your experience of your own menopause and of working with menopausal women. So I want to start this topic by asking if you could just briefly explain some of the physical effects of the menopause and how Nordic walking helps to reduce those effects. So... People,
1: and I say people because it's women, but also um, there are people who don't identify with a single gender or who yes. are maybe transitioning. And so many, many people are directly affected by going through the menopause, and also um, some hormonal treatments give some similar symptoms. And then many more people are indirectly affected, than the loved ones and the close family and friends. Of people going through the menopause it can be really difficult and it's helpful to think of it as a transition because the term itself and how often some medical people think about it is that it's a single point in time because medically it means a year after your last bleed but actually the transition starts maybe six seven years before that I was about six seven years bleeding but definitely in that transition and I had to find out all about it for myself i remembered seeing oprah winfrey and she with all her billions couldn't get proper advice and she thought with the palpitations that often come heart fluttering feeling she thought she was going to die of a heart attack and she eventually got a feminist doctor who was able to tell her it's perimenopausal symptoms so in the uk we started to use the term perimenopause which means the the leading up years five six seven years for some women it's negligible or it's even an improvement if they've had terrible endometrial pain that can be improved but not always by the process of menopause transition and some of the things that happen to women it's often mental and cognitive issues that come first so it might be brain fog it might be um, sleeplessness and that can be either ruminatory thoughts late in the night um, hard to get off to sleep or just kind of not troubled thoughts, just kind of being wakeful uh, or springing awake at three o'clock is another common experience that many women have. For some women, they begin to have night sweats, which are very different to hot flushes and maybe more drenching, having to get up, change the sheets. I had, um, what do you call them, kind of waking night terrors, I suppose. And I slept through the, the hurricane in the 80s, so I'm a good sleeper normally, but I was like, you know, you have these strange serial killer feelings in the bedroom. It's like absolutely your body is just doing something that you have no control over. It's really strange. So, those are like loads of different perimenopausal symptoms. And the difficulty is that, coterminous with that, you might be having physical health problems. So, it may be that you're having palpitations because of the menopause transition, but it may be heart disease is the biggest killer of women. this age so you can't ignore it but it is a very common thing to have these palpitations and it's like a stress reaction the body reacts very strongly to things that it wouldn't normally have reacted to as threats so misreading of threats and that can also affect our moods our libido can be really affected the drop in estrogen and a drop in available testosterone we have slightly more testosterone in the body but it's less available and that can really affect our sense of well-being and joie de vivre and I, I didn't get help until I actually got HRT but also thyroxine can help if your thyroid isn't working but you have to ask your doctor for a full spectrum thyroid test because they just don't do it and many of them are very misinformed. There is a free tr- training for every GP practice, one free training from Dr Louise Newsome, who's one of the leading doctors who has a website. So if people are interested, she's a great source of information, and the British Menopause Society has lots of tiny little videos on different topics. And there's so many physical and mental and emotional symptoms that we often don't realise are connected, such as joint pain. So often women will go and have um, cortisone put into their bodies to manage the pain but that does interfere with your body's well-being and healing systems so, but for some people they do find it very helpful so it's not for me to tell you what's right but just to let you know that these different things can be connected when you don't realize that and there's some really strange symptoms that I've never experienced myself but there's a porcivity poster with the the main blocks of symptoms and the idea of it is that you print it off and you put it behind a toilet door where a woman can just have a look and go oh oh okay <laughs> uh, very educational and that's a national free campaign.
0: What I'll do is I will um, put links in the show notes Um, to the British Menopause Society, to Louise Newsom's website and to that poster that you've mentioned. So if anybody out there is listening and they're interested to find out more, please do take a look at the show notes and I will be linking to those websites and I'm sure to others that Catherine mentions um, so you can educate yourself even further on this. Thank you. And then um,
1: as the transition progresses, either those things settle down because sometimes the body can compensate and that can be enough for some women without having a extra put in most of the um, HRT that people will get now is bioidentical from the NHS but where that's of interest I think to Nordic walking instructors is that many of the women to whom this appeals naturally intuitively are in the age group so the typical age group is 40s seventies and beyond because these symptoms, they don't necessarily go. We have them till death and hopefully that's a long way away, but we can still get medication up till our, you know, over hundred if we need it. Um, so it's a very interesting group to simply shine, look at your client group through this lens I, you know, maybe that's an issue for them. Maybe they'd like a chat about it. Maybe not. Maybe they come here to forget all about it and they're just happy with what they're getting. But it can be an additional group to reach out to because um, to, it's in the news. We've had the Davina McCall programme not so long ago. In the past, there was Kirstie walked in a panorama. Now, Davina's at the younger age group and Kirsty is at the older age group. And what we're finding is the, the largest group of women at any point was the big baby boomers. And so they're now hitting their late 60s, early 70s and going, it's still going on. The early baby boomer group economically were more successful and and well off and in a better economy. So there's a lot of power there. And I'm interested that it's gathering momentum and there are parliamentary debates being set up. And I think we're going to see a growth in this area. So from a business point of view, it makes sense to think of this as the beginning of a life cycle of interest rather than that it's just a little blip because Davina did a program. So there's a rage in women that this hasn't been addressed sufficiently and so that brings its own energy and possibility for people. So hopefully that will be very interesting for people. I think that it's a, a really precious and valuable group because Nordic walking, the joint pain that we get, um, the toughest one for me has been the wrist. The so I'm needing to get larger mitts because I don't want to be squeezed particularly around my hands and thumb area I have a lot of pain there and this is very common in menopause Uh, but also the knee joints the ankles the back the neck all of those areas where women start reporting pain and also headaches can come postural adjustment that we get through the use of our lovely poles and our lovely technique it can really help alleviate some of that pain and help people to feel in possession of their bodies again. And we're um, putting that synovial fluid round and everything's getting a little oiling without having to pound around doing extra vigorous or damaging work. The other thing that affects a lot of women, as well as the heart, the bone leaching. At this time of life, we need to do weight-bearing exercise to help us lay down more bone. And so obviously, Mm -hmm. Nordic walking is one of those exercises where we can do it and we can do it safely and at a pace and in a manner that is as supportive as possible for women. And then I think that women vary on whether they want connection or whether they need retreat time. And reflective time so some women might value a small group where they can be spaced out and not have to talk to people all the time and other people and other people might value might be quite isolated often this is very disruptive to relationships and so space to be with other people at a light level but having social connection or perhaps you're living on your own all of a sudden isolation can be very real for people and finding new meaning new connections is something that they can get from the group process
0: So post-menopause, why is exercise so important? Well, post-menopause, I've mentioned that our body can
1: adjust slightly, but it it may well not. And so post-menopause, it's really important for us to continue doing exercise that keeps the body moving, that promotes a sense of well-being for us and gets us to use the whole body in a way that perhaps we might not feel tempted to, especially if there are some aches and pains still. Um, or we're worried about symptoms not knowing our body feels different our exhaustion levels can be very high especially in perimenopause but that can be ongoing so one of the colleagues that I have is a sports like a semi-professional sports person and they said that they had to really I I have no idea what that's like but they said that they had to really make a difference to their training schedule and their exhaustion levels were much higher I find Nordic walking quite a mindful process. We have our warm ups, we have our cool downs, and also we're out in nature, we can use all of our senses and that can enable us to become more aware of our body and more aware of our needs. Certainly, it was interesting to hear from that very different life experience of somebody who ran and did loads of really intense training sessions and they have to do it differently now. doesn't mean they can't do it, but they have different goals, they have slightly different um, scheduling to the way that they practice. Yes, keeping active is really important, but just being not exhausting ourselves, not
0: hurting ourselves from doing too much of the wrong thing. And can I ask how Nordic walking has helped you yourself through the menopausal transition?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, for myself, this has been one of the main areas that I've kept going with. It's really important to me to do some exercise. I just enjoy it. I like my poles. Yeah. Getting out in nature. It's so beautiful. The birdsong. I live in a really urban area and there's tons of birdsong and everything changes all the time. So getting out, feeling my body moving through the wind, moving through its larger range of movements, because of course, with the Nordic walking, it's giving us that slightly longer stride that slightly more vigorous engagement with life. I don't tend to pump my arms much when I'm walking along normally, but here I am swinging my poles, releasing it. Um, it it's a vigorous, but it's not too much. And so it's really helped me. And I had terrible depression myself, that was one of the significant signs for me. And I was a mental health service manager in social services. So It's not like I'm not aware of mental health issues, but nobody ever covered it in any training that I'd ever had. And so hyper anxiety, checking, kind of compulsory checking of the door, maybe seven times to be sure that I'd locked it. I never did that stuff before, but all of a sudden I was doing it all the time. And so Nordic walking just allows a calming, it allows the body's stress system to just
0: get calm. And so what message would you like to get across to Nordic walking instructors about the menopause and how to adapt their teaching methods to individual clients? I think
1: i will just invite Nordic walking instructors to look at their existing client group and think, does it apply to any of them and how they might maybe mention it? A good time of year to do that is in October when it's the um, October 18th is the international world menopause awareness day so you can always slip it into something like that there are opportunities to weave stuff into the conversation without being too too urging or forcing of something onto people and then also to think about whether they might want to offer it as a a one-to-one strand of their work because for some women they their needs are very individual and I think that confidence around use of the body the need to have specific time to discuss and reflect on their individual difficulties around different joints and different types of pain and also confidence levels. People may value one or two private lessons even if they don't need to have that for the, the whole of the time. The confidence issues that can accompany menopause can really affect how much a woman feels confident to engage in exercise to use the body because sometimes there's a fear that if it hurts then I mustn't use it. Whereas actually it might just be a stage on the path to wellness, but they don't want to overuse it. So they might want a half hour rather than an hour.
0: And what would you say to a menopausal or perimenopausal woman who is slightly sitting on the fence about whether Nordic walking is for her or not? How would you persuade them to give it a go?
1: I would say that from the people that I've spoken to, one of the hardest things is if you have been very, very active, the loss of the vigor and dynamism that you may have experienced, maybe you did aerobics classes or dance classes, very vigorous exercise or gym work uh, lots of times a week, and the fact it can be very scary to feel that you're never gonna be able to do that again, or are you, or what's the matter, what's going on? Um, just allow, allow that this is a time of change, allow that your body is maybe needing a bit more looking after, and that may not be forever, but it may be quite a long temporary. And so Nordic walking, because it addresses both the mental and emotional and physical needs of the body at this time, it's not something that will address all of the difficulties. Like I said, I needed to have quite a high level of medication of HRT to cope with my levels, but it might be enough for you. Give it a go. You don't have to invest anything apart from what well, you might find a free class in your local authority or you could just try a one off training event. Find a trainer that you get on with and that you like the way they speak and the kind of pace that they work at. I'd just try it. And if it's not for you, then it's not for you because we're all different.
0: And with the 10 step inward technique, do you have a favorite out of all of those uh, points?
1: I do, I was thinking about this in relation to the menopause transition. And I love it all, obviously. <laughs> but I, for this particular process, life experience, I love step seven. And for the inward one, the, the one that I'm using, that is release actively. And why do I like that? Well, I like it as a metaphor for this stage of life. It feels counterintuitive and it feels wrong. Ooh, we're letting go of this thing. We are still attached, obviously, but it feels slightly naughty or like we're doing something wrong or we're gonna hurt something or someone's gonna get stabbed. (laughs) And so learning to do something different is very important at this stage of life and learning to let go. There are many things in our lives that we may need to let go of that have served us well or that we have fulfilled the societal gender related role. But we may need to shift about a bit and release. And so I really think this is a beautiful metaphor at every time you do it, which is going to be lots of times when you're doing a half an hour or an hour class, you get a chance to be with that process. And for me, that feels slightly transgressive and very satisfying.
0: I love that answer. That's absolutely brilliant. And so finally, um, what would your top tip be for walking on air?
1: That's a beautiful question. I've mentioned quite a lot about being in nature. I would say, bring your attention to your inner self and your outer self, bring all of your senses into play And this mindful approach can really help you to feel alive in that process, in that moment. And I think that really is walking on air.
0: Thank you very much, Catherine, for all of your brilliant answers today. You've been a wonderful guest and I think you've explained the whole transition period of the menopause absolutely brilliantly to all of our listeners. Thank you very much for coming along.
1: thank you so much for having me and take everything that I've said lightly I'm not a medical doctor but try it on and set it aside if it's not for you
0: thank you wow what an insightful interview a huge thanks to Catherine Pistano for sharing her knowledge and experience on the menopause with us today if you would like to learn more please do take a look at the links in the show notes I do hope that you enjoyed walking on air and if you have enjoyed doing so then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on and hit the subscribe button particularly if you listen on Apple Podcasts. It will help spread the word about Nordic Walking and about this podcast. If you have any feedback, suggestions or a story that you want to share on this podcast please get in touch by emailing me at Hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. Have a great week and happy Nordic walking. And finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.